0: Hi, I'm Derek Arkerting. Welcome to Shamanic Innovations. Hi and welcome to Shamanic Innovations. I'm your host, Derek. Um, it's Monday morning right now, and I just want to take a couple moments to say uh, hello to everyone and you know thank you for all. Uh, you know continuing on this journey with me um you know this is new kind of being able to you know think back on the different things in my life and how you know they've happened how they've affected me and how i can grow from what's been affected but it's also new to share this um So, you know, I just want to thank everyone for their support, Um, you know, listeners out there, everyone who's been, you know, so kind with words and comments and everything, Um, you know, it's really been great. So thank you. Um, Today, I kind of wanted to get into a topic for my week this week, Um, and it's going to have to deal with trauma. It's going to have to deal with pain and kind of that that trauma and pain that we carry around with us that we have carried around with us for years, maybe even centuries, maybe even lifetimes. Um, you know, and how it manifests in us, and you know, different things that happen, and you know, how we can kind of take ourselves, you know, take back control, take back the power from you know these sorts of traumas here. Um, over the course of this week, I, you know, I'm looking at the clock right now and I know that this is going to be a pretty intense, uh, you know, week for me for a number of reasons, you know, but, um, you know, I won't be able to get into everything on this recording here, but over the course of this week, I want to get into, you know, an over the course of this episode, really, because I'm trying to do the episodes as far as each week, um, I want to get into a bit of, you know, just what's happened with my past and how I've kind of tried to move forward from it. Um, You know, and not all of my attempts have been, you know, absolute successes. And, you know, sometimes I kind of will find myself, you know, you, you go back into what's comfortable in a sense, and, you know, that's part of this process here is also figuring out, you know, where I need to tweak myself as far as some of these traumas, Um, you know, what can I do to help myself move along, per se, you know, and get myself back into the game, Um, you know, I've been using the adage, you know, that you're in a race and, you know, you Put your blinders on, and you set your goal, and you you know have your starting point, and you go, and you know, and then your shoe comes untied, and you know that shoe and coming untied, you know that's a trauma, you know, um, you know, and kind of you know if I'm going to use the same adage, yeah, that's a trauma right there. That's you know something that's happened to you, and you know traumatic things they can be physical. It can be an injury. It can be, you know, a loss of some sorts, you know, an emotional trauma also can happen, you know. Um, you know, I've had to bury people who are dead and I've had to bury people in my mind who are still walking this earth because, you know, of loss and whatever sense you want to take that. Um, so, you know, there's that source of trauma there. And, you know, there's also just What we see, what we hear, um, the images that we have in our medias and, you know, recordings and things, you know, they can be traumatic to us. And, you know, if you see doom and gloom on a daily basis, that can be traumatic to you. Um, You know, the words that are used towards you, you know, even just as a kid, you know, growing up, you know, the things that your parents, your siblings, your friends, you know, Things that were said, a teacher might have said, whatever, you know, yes, you could have that one teacher that's great, but you can have that one that maybe, you know, wasn't, and that can be a traumatic experience. Or, you know, maybe all these people were great, and you lived on Sesame Street, and then once you stepped out into the real world, your shoe came untied. That's traumatic. The things that happen to us, yes, they are traumatic. And it's how we deal with these things, I think, that becomes important. Um you know, it's our decision on if we are going to, you know, keep that relive thing on repeat or if we're going to step up and try to, you know, form something better out of it. Um, you know, that's the early, the trauma, you know, recovery there and that's really the hope that we should have. Um, you know, and it is possible for all of us to find that, you know, that's kind of the happily ever after in a sense, you know, again, people don't always, you know, a lot of people when you say that term happily ever after, they immediately think that it has to be the, you know, the family and the car and the house and the white picket fence and the dog and the 2.5 kids and you're in love and you're on the back porch rocking and you live happily ever after. And, you know, those stories, yes, they did include that, but they also include it. You know, whatever else happened. You know, maybe the knight had to go and leave and slay the dragon. And then when he got back, there was a parade. And the knight might have lived alone for the rest of his life, but he was still happily ever after. Maybe the farmer was able to just grow the field and crops came and people were fed and everyone lived happily ever after. You know, so, you know, the the happily ever after that you find in your story here, you know, because we all have a story that we write in our lives. Um, That happily ever after is something that you, you know, create after whatever form of trauma that you go through, you know. That night when he goes out to the forest, yeah, he's just bebopping along, and all of a sudden a dragon comes along. That dragon's spitting fire and burning things down. That's pretty traumatic, you know. You know, and I have to tell it in that sense because it is kind of this hero's journey that we're on. You know that we're all on in a sense that we have to, you know, slay that dragon in front of us. You know, we we have to get sin, you know, get the hair singed a little bit, get a little burned, you know. But then we have to go and slay that dragon so that we can live happily ever after. So, you know, and, and it's really easy, yeah. You know, that dragon's going to come out and he's going to singe the hair. That's dramatic, and we're going to deal with it and we're going to slay it. And we're going to live happily ever after. Um, yeah, and you know, so I, I, um, I you know, I, I want you all to, you know, kind of just enjoy this week. We're going to have some fun. Um, also, right now, I actually have the you know, second video that's uploading towards YouTube. Um, podcast can be heard, you know, on your podcast sites so far. Uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Beaker, of course, Anchor. Thank you very much to Anchor for, you know, giving me this platform. Um, but I'm making the decision to also upload the episodes, you know, as they come onto YouTube, you know, just as the full episodes. And I might break those down if I see an individual part that's like, hey, you really should listen to this or, hey, this is, you know, monumental, Um But, you know, right now, the idea is that I'm going to upload everything in just one big swoop so that, you know, we can come through. And, you know, yeah, it's, it it is tough. Um, It was kind of weird. I was sitting and I was uh, writing in my journal yesterday. I got a journal as a gift that I'm very grateful for from the person, you know, that was nice enough to send that time gift there. And. Uh, and then I was writing down a list of things that, you know, um, which I'll share with the public soon, but a list of things that, you know, you, I think that I've learned, you know, in my years. Um, it was a full moon last night. Actually, a, what was that? Super Blood Wolf Full Moon, I think was the title for it. Um, there'll be some pictures with that podcast that... You know, you might see, and when you guys see them, you'd be like, "Why are these pictures here?" But whatever, the pictures, nonetheless. Um, But yeah, I wanted to, you know, go out and kind of break out the journal for a second, you know, get the feet wet on it, and starting point on that writing there. And um, there was one thing that I wrote down that kind of touched me, you know. Um, And (laughs) um, I'm actually going to, going to kind of break a rule here and i'm going to go get the journal so that i can share with you guys that little spot there because when i wrote this down it kind of made me cry a little bit and i was actually at work so here i am you know ugly crying at work but it was interesting because um you know everything else that i found myself writing that day you know was kind of like happy sort of moments and um, you know, I even wrote about crying in here. You know, like, still, I was still happy when I wrote that, uh, bebop and along. But one thing I've noticed is when we have things in our lives, um, that trigger us, that bother us, you know, that especially things that make us angry, you know, they come from places of trauma. When we have pain, it comes from trauma. Um, you know, when I wake up and my lower back is in a lot of pain and I can't really move, you know, from my hips and I can't bend down to do the Qigong exercises fully like the last couple of days, it's not necessarily that I'm old or that the wind's blowing or, you know, and it may not even be, oh you know, yeah, you know, yeah, you can say that, you know, or, hey, I haven't moved as much as I should and I need to stretch more. Or, hey, I slept funky. Hey, you know, there's whatever is sending from the sky messages that I need to, you know, take in, downloads, you can say all these things. Um, Yeah, there's injuries, you know, there are multiple back injuries, but the thing that it boils down to is that these things are all trauma. And um, one thing that I noticed is that, you know, in my life at least, when I find myself angry, when I find myself in pain, and especially when I find myself you know, crying, Um, you know, it comes from a place of trauma. It comes from a place where, you know, there's some sort of healing, especially with those tears that has to happen, Um, you know, uh, because there's a release of that trauma through those tears. You know, I I think for a lot of us, we were told not to cry, especially a lot of us males, you know, what's the saying? Men don't cry. You know, even big girls don't cry, but men don't cry. You know, you got to be macho, macho, macho man. Don't freaking cry, be a macho man, you know. Yeah, that's what we're taught. And, you know, it's weird because, you know, you're taught this with everything. It's like, oh, you shot yourself in the foot and you're bleeding? Don't cry about it. Be a macho man. Oh, someone just died in front of you? Don't cry about it. Be a macho man. Oh, you've lost everything? Don't cry about it. Be a macho man. But, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of have that sort of thing there because it heals you. Um, And, you know, as I said, I wanted to kind of just share that you know, sort of message there with you all, Um, you know, that it's okay to have these moments. It's okay to not know all the answers and to, you know, have emotions and, you know, cry and all these things and I'm going to need some light because I do, as I said, want to read this little passage here and I'm sharing this a bit early with everyone, but I feel it's important, you know, that you hear it. People see a lot more in you than you see in yourself. They will look to you for support, advice, and wisdom. You will not understand all of it at the time. Just give them an honest answer. If you don't know what to say, if you say the wrong thing, still say it. Whatever you say will need to be heard at that moment. Speak. Speak. And, you know, I I think that a lot of us, for a lot of us, we don't speak because we've been traumatized by things. We've had people hurt us. We've had people tell us that our words mean nothing, our actions mean nothing, that we're stupid, that we're lazy, you know, that we don't know what we're saying. And, you know, I, I think instead, you know, it's important for us to speak you know it's important for us to say what's on our minds what we've been through um because that's the first step really in healing that you know if you don't tell someone what you was hurting they won't know how to help if you don't say what's hurting you won't even know how what needs help you know i mean i i can remember you know growing up and there would be like the you know, the thought of, you know, people waiting for, you know, change and it's like, well, what type of change would you like? You know, a change here, a change there? Because if you're waiting for these things and, you know, you're going to be waiting, but if you, you know, if you're waiting for just random change, you're going to keep waiting you're waiting for just, well, I'm just waiting for the world to change, I don't know what exactly it's going to change into, I don't know what it needs to change from, but I'm just waiting for change, you know, yeah, whatever, then, you are you know, it's not really going to change the way that you are hoping, it's not going to change for what you need there, um, you know, and there's going to be changes, obviously, that, you know, happen no matter what we say or do, um, that's actually another thing I put in here is that change happens whether we like it or not you know, and then we can't fight that. But, you know, at the same time, where we're not fighting change, we have to move with it. You know, we have to support it. We have to uh, welcome it. And, you know, especially for changes that we want, you know, and I'm speaking to all of us here, uh, for changes that we want in our lives, it is very, very damn sure very important that we, you know, have that sort of idea where we're coming from and know exactly where we're going to we have that starting point um you know another starting point i can have in my life here you know and i have a little bit of time so i can get into a couple of these another starting point i have in my life here um you know this one's really related to my back and i didn't really catch on to this until i was um speaking with someone yesterday and they almost pointed it out to me you know like well there you go um but I was, I want to say five, six, maybe just moved to Florida. And I fell out of a tree and broke my tailbone, you know. And, you know, we never really healed it properly. We just kind of, okay, you know, we we don't really have money because, you know, we're poor. And here, just lay on this and, you know, you'll heal. Less traumatic, you know. You know, and all of those situations are traumatic. You know, I think, like, just growing up as a black male in America is traumatic. (laughs) You know, I mean, have you looked outside? There's, you know, KKK 2.0 happening out here. It's traumatic. Um, You know, growing up without a father was traumatic. My father died when I was one in a car accident. Um, And that's traumatic for a lot of reasons. One, because it kind of instilled a fear of cars in a sense. Um, you know, still the fear fear of driving. You know, I can remember, you know, even hearing from my mom over the years about it, and you know, and still that fear in her, so and still that fear in me. Um, you know, but also, you know, just the idea of not having a dad. You know, I can remember, you know, one time being in school, and I had a, you know, you know elementary school, it was like fourth, fifth grade, whatever, and you know, whatever. You got some bigger kids, ha, 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 let's pick on the little, you know, maybe even six, I don't want to say six, yes, maybe even six, but, you know, it's like locker, of, ha, 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 let's pick on the, you know, let's pick on the little kid, ha, 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 you know, and I was kind of the uh, protect it young male, you know, um, we live next door to a church, so, you know, yeah, let's pick on choir boy over here, and I remember this one, you know, kid that I knew from the school there. Um he comes around the corner and, you know, I'd been in my share probably like scrapes with my cousins and whatever, you know, kind of like practice scrapes more than anything. So, you know, I had an no idea if I'd throw a punch. <laughs> Maybe, you know, but I wouldn't even get the chance because all of a sudden here comes this guy around the corner, you know, one of my classmates, and he just walks up and he's like, Leave him alone. He doesn't have a dad. And though so that you know, who knows? Maybe that saved me for an ass-whipping that day. Maybe it didn't. Who knows? But that became traumatic, you know, and that released a bit of trauma to me. Um, you know, and as I say, that family situation, you know, I grew up in. Um, I, you know, I grew up, I was a very sort of light-skinned black guy. Um, and we're about to get offensive here for a second, folks, because... <sighs> And I, and I thought about this, actually, you know, a bit, you know, and this whole thing kind of came up. And this is why I wanted to this, um, But But I, I grew up, I was a very light-skinned black guy. And um, I can remember, I'm just going to say it as bluntly as I can. I can remember being called a nigger by the same family members who said I was not black enough to be part of their family. I can remember, within my lifetime, being called a nigger by the same blood relative family members who said that I was not black enough, African American enough, to be a part of their family. That's traumatic. You know, I mean, that even has little tears in my eyes right now. That's traumatic. And, you know, it's not to say, like, you know, family's horrible, because, you know, I have a great family, I have a wonderful family wonderful family, you know, but at the same time, you know, there have been traumatic things that have happened, you know, within life, and, you know, I, you know, I won't share those things here, you know, these are just, hey, this is just basically what, from, you know, zero to 17 that I may have gone through so far, you know, um, broken foot, you know, Sort of healed. I can actually feel the broken bone in that foot there, you know. um, You know, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, do we even want to get into, you know, the adult years at all? That's enough trauma, you know, to send someone into like the world's worst whatever. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of room there for me to heal from. Um, And, you know, and I wanted to make sure I shared all these things here with you all today, because, you know, this is a starting point for me um, in healing, you know. Um, But I I want to share them also because it's something where, you know, I I want to just say that, you know, as part of, you know, at least my healing process, part of our healing process, we don't let these, we shouldn't let these things define us. We often do, but we shouldn't. You know, we, in healing, you know, in being hurt, yes, you can be hurt. You can be sick. But you have to heal yourself at some point. You have to, you know, realize that you are beyond these illnesses, beyond these sicknesses, beyond, you know, you are still a human being. You still have thoughts. You still have motive. You still have drive. You still have purpose. You still have, you know, a reason for being here. You still have lessons to learn. Um. And, you know, it's still important that people hear what you have to say. Um, You know, so you are still someone beyond these things. Yeah, you know what? Okay. I had some dude, you know, sexually assault me in a car. I am not sexual assault. (laughs) You know, I have, you know, back injuries. I am not back injury. I have trauma. I am not trauma. I have, you know, family deals. I am not family deals. you know. Um, I have maybe not been the best adult. I am, you know, been the best adult in my lifetime and I have done, you know, things that karma will catch. I maybe maybe not been the best child in my lifetime. Whatever, you know. Whatever your thing is, you know, whatever your illness, whatever your, you know, pain is, whatever your trauma is, you know, Yes, you have that thing, but that thing does not have you. You have you. Um, You have control of who you are. You have your life. You, you know, this is still your world. This is still your world. As long as you want to take ownership of it. You know, people a lot of times when I say, you know, yeah, this is your world. This is, you know, change your world. You know, it's your world that you change. It's your world that... You know, you look outside the window each day and see, you know. Um, People don't really have that sort of ownership in things. You know, we have ownership in things, don't get me wrong. You know, we think that, you know, the world is how many pairs of shoes we own or, you know, what type of car we drive or, you know, who's, you know, what the title is of the person sleeping next to us or whatever, you know how much money is in that account and, you know, how many clicks and likes and whatever. But we we don't really realize that we all actually, you know, we all collectively own this planet. This is our planet. And I say that, you know, that we all collectively own the same amount of space, the same amount of planet as everyone else. You know, yeah, you know, some guy might buy – piece of land, quote unquote. You know, they might buy a house, a building, whatever, quote unquote. But as far as, you know, this earth, this is all ours. And I say that because it's all ours to take care of. It's all ours to nurture. It's all ours to cultivate. It's all ours to grow. And when we come together, this is what we can do is that we can come together and grow and cultivate. We can move past, you know, any sort of, you know, Bad things. You know, we can't move past any sort of traumas. We can't all, you know, ascend, if you want to use that. Yes, we can all do this. We collectively come together, we can make this world better. Okay? When we collectively come together, we can make this world better. It's not a if, it's a win. So, you know, what, what I would like for people to do is I'd like for people to just, you know, take a moment and say, hey, um, you know, I'm going to go outside and if I see a piece of trash, I'll pick it up, you know? Um, yeah, Yeah. You know, maybe I'll, you know, take a, you know, step here, step there, I'll, you know, try to use less plastic, try to use more, you know, try to use more, you know, reusable items where, hey, you know what, I have a glass here and this glass, I can fill my glass with water. I can fill my cup with water. You know, drink more water. You know, love love this earth more. You know, be nice to this earth. Be nice to the plants, you know. You don't need to chop out every tree in the world. You might need some oxygen from it later, okay? (laughs) You know, so yeah, love love these things. You know, love love that sun above you. Love that moon above you. You know, love the surf here. Love the people that you see. Love where you're at. You know, smile. Actually walk outside and, you know, say something to people. Wave, whatever. You don't have to be fake about it. You know, Uh, people ask me all the time how I'm doing. I never say that I'm fine. I have stopped saying that I am fine i i've quit doing it if you catch me doing it in the streets i give you open permission to slap me and tell say that i can tell you the truth whatever it is you know do i am not allowed to say i'm fine just like i'm not allowed to call you cute i am not allowed to say that i'm fine you know i can tell you that i am whatever you know if i'm happy i'm happy if i'm sad i'm sad if i'm angry i'm angry. You know, if I if I don't even have an answer, which nine times out of ten I don't, I can just tell you it's another day in paradise because really, I open my eyes, I open the windows, I create it more, and it is another day in paradise. But I am not allowed to tell you I'm fine, no, sir, Reebob. That does not happen anymore this year because instead, you know, I you know I need to actually acknowledge that you know we go through these sorts of repetitive steps that kind of, ah, I'm fine, okay, you know, you go to work and you put on, like, the work uniform and you just walk around like, ah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Then you go home and you put on the home uniform you're like, ah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, instead of actually, you know, acknowledging how you feel at that point in time. This is how we grow, okay? You know. You need water in order for a plant to grow. You need water in order for a human to grow. So, you know what? You need a little bit of tears, and you need to actually say if you're not fine in order to grow. Um, you know, and these will be the things. Like, this is where I'm going to grow up, you know, I believe is from these, you know, traumas that I'm, you know, hopefully healing here. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I you know, I – welcome all of you to grow with me. Welcome all of you onto this experience because you know I hope that this is going to be a way that you know we all can grow in some respect. Um so. as I said, this is Derek with Shamanic Innovations. Um and actually this is Tuesday when I'm starting this one here. Tuesday the twenty 44 p.m AM, and We'll be back with more in a few moments. We're going to get into, you know, probably some of the later traumas and also how to, you know, how I've been healing from those. And who knows, maybe we'll get a special guest on this week. So stay tuned. Hi. Welcome back to Sermonic Innovations. This is Derek. We are uh, Thursday morning at 1130 on uh, January 24th. We're continuing the discussions on trauma and, you know, how they've happened, how they've impacted us, how we can heal from them. Um, You know, it's an important starting point, I think, for me to share these things with you. You know, and I want to make sure that this doesn't, you know, I don't want it to seem like this is a pity party. Whoa, it's Derek. Um, but instead, you know, I, I feel important that you find, um, I feel important for healing that you find a source of the pain so that you know where to heal from. You know, um, it, it's kind of, a, I like to use analogies a lot, but, you know, if you're shot, um you got to go find that bullet so that you can take it out and you can heal from it. And, you know, I, I use shot because we see shootings happen every day in our society. Um, It's almost like, you know, the norm now that you leave your house and you're expected to possibly not come home because someone, thought to use a gun and you know it's a sad reality that we live in um you know and if you do come home then maybe you'd come home with an injury because of a gun again a sad reality that you live in we live in and um you know i wanted to kind of start there because hey you know if these things do happen you know that's a tragic and thing but you know it's also an injury there and, you have to It's a wound, and you have to find the source of that wound. You have to find the source of that injury. You have to find that bullet so that you can remove it so that you can heal. Um, and through my life, there's been a few bullets. Um, if you, uh, you know, if, if you listen to the last segment there, you probably heard the uh, kind of childhood bullets. Um and, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that did happen, and it's kind of weird. I, uh, this week I've actually been dealing with some lower back issues just to kind of get into my life here. And, um, every time that I find myself, you know, I wake up one morning or go to do something, and I go to bend down, do something simple, and the back kind of catches up with me, like, uh, uh-huh, not today, you know. And you know, it's been a reminder for me, you know, to kind of slow down, assess, you know, where I'm at and, you know, figure out ways to switch things up and figure out, you know it's been kind of like a healing sort of point or you know, restart in a sense, or a pit stop for a new start. Um, you know, at different times in my life to have these sort of back issues because, you know, it's been a way where I've been able to Kind of look at, you know, what I'm doing with my life. Um, and, and that's just something that I've noticed as I've been on my own personal journey. Um, you know, I've had back issues for a number of years. And, you know, it, it was weird. Like, I woke up Monday and I went to do a really simple exercise that I do every day before I even do any other exercises or before I do anything else. You know, I usually try to get up and at least do this eight minutes you know, and, you know, one of the minutes includes a really simple bend, and I went to do my bend, and it was like, ooh, I'm not able to bend. And it bothered me, you know, and, like, that day it bothered me, and the next, you know, and I could notice the grumpiness kind of setting in, and I could notice, you know, I could notice where maybe some of the old patterns, you know, would want to come back. And instead, you know, it's like, well, wait a second, stop you know, a new pattern that I've tried to learn in myself, you know, kind of setting in saying, hey, um, you know, this isn't, you know, the reason to be grumpy here. This isn't the reason to be upset. You know, it is pain is there and you can overcome this. You have overcome this. And it was kind of interesting. Like I actually started writing down on little note cards, you know, just different things that have happened you know throughout my you know just so i could organize them really um i didn't have the journal next to me at the time so they all went on note cards and actually the note cards are sitting with the journal and i'll probably put them in or something but you know it was just kind of weird how i would go through and say okay you know this is my childhood and you know yeah my dad passed and we moved to florida and my mom you know bankrupt and we had a younger sibling that came out with medical conditions and, you know, we lived next door to a church in a small Southern town and lots of racism and the challenger exploded, you know? And yeah, I, you know, and I went through like, you know, well, how did, you know, how did those things affect me? You know, and, and then it kind of became like, well, you know, cause I wanted to kind of see, well, you know, and that's just a recap of most of that last, you know, discussion there minus the challenger. But, um, you know, I wanted to just kind of see, like, hey, you know, what, what's happened in my lifetime? You know, what what has happened with me? So yeah, you know, as far as back injuries, I fell out of a tree at age six, broke my tailbone, and you know, I broke my foot at you know ten, I think, or it's twelve, I think it was. Um, I broke a bone in my foot, and you know, not that I feel so back, but it is kind of back, cause I, you know, just has to do with stability. You know, um, you know, I had a couple car accidents you know, and each one affects you differently, and, um, you know, just time not really taking, you know, just things that have happened, and it, it was funny because I, I found myself, I, you know, I was going through, and like, hey, you know, these things happen, and, you know, here's the physical, here's the mental, and, you know, here's the emotional, and what I have here is like seven different, one, two, three, four, five, six, six, yeah, six different cards of different things that have happened in my lifetime and the you know the reason why I'm glad that I have these on cards is because they give me you know things that I can say goodbye to um those childhood memories those childhood things that you know happen in my lifetime are traumas that I can say goodbye to you know and you know it's not an easy thing to say um you know, it's very easy to say, oh, well, you know, you say goodbye to it by not thinking of it again. And that's not true because even if you decide that you're never going to speak on something again, that you were never going to, you know, oh, I'm never going to do this again, it's going to be there. Um, you know, it's kind it's of a Um, I can remember as a kid, I would have way vivid dreams, sometimes nightmarish type dreams, um, there was this one reoccurring thing where I was in a bed and the bed would start spinning and it would fly up into the sky and there was like these little trolls that would come down like almost like they were building a big furnace type building, you know, and I would go flying over all of this and into like another area and you know, the bed would land and I'd get up and I'd walk around for a little bit and, you know, just crazy stuff, you know. Maybe some of this was, you know, just from the whatever media I'd watch that day, cartoons, movies, you know, stories. You, you know, you fly off to a magical land and and all of a sudden you're being chased around or you're chasing someone around, or, you know. Yeah, I can remember, you know. Chasing gun dreams, you know, at seven. It wake me up startled. Um, so I can remember, you know, where everyone had a bedtime, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray, my Lord, my soul to keep. I was, hey, God, could you mind, you know, not having dreams tonight? Thanks, buddy. You know, legit prayer. And he knows it. <laughs> she knows it. Source knows it. Creator knows it. Insert your favorite name here for your deity knows it. That was legit, you know, what I would pray back in the day. Like, hey, can can we not have a dream tonight? But you know what? They've always been there. And it's it's weird. Like, maybe you don't remember them, but science will tell you that you still dream every night. Okay? (laughs) Science might tell you you have a God also, so, you know. But um, science will definitely tell you that you will dream every night, even if you don't remember it when you wake up. And it, as much as I can say, hey, you know what, I might have had that dream, because of, you know, that prayer, because of that nightmarish dream, there it was right back the next night, you know, right back in dream, because yeah, yeah, sometimes those prayers, you know if they're not being answered the way you want, because they're still being answered, so, yeah, right back there, and, you know, uh, something like, I've had to kind of train myself over the years of, you know, tricks, because, you know, I have insomnia, you know, most people do now in our adult age, because we don't want to dream, we don't want to sleep, we're afraid of what might be hiding in the dark, you know, and maybe there were things hiding in the dark, um, There's a funny story I like to tell of when I first moved to Florida. Um, Y'all know those Palmetto bugs? Now, i got to say, I moved from New Jersey. I lived on what I thought was Sesame Street at the time. You know, everyone got along. And, you know, I had white neighbors, black neighbors, whatever. Whatever. I'm a kid. I don't know any difference. So I moved to Florida. And there's these roaches that live in Florida. Um, call them palmetto bugs, and these things, you know, they're, like, giant, bigger than normal roaches, you know, you, you know them when you see them, um, you know, and raid does not kill them, you can spray them with whatever bug spray, and they just kind of shake it off, and then they fly around, and I tell the story, like, you know, it was not maybe the first exact night I got into Florida, but pretty sleeping close, where I'm sleeping, and all of a sudden, here comes lands on my chest. You know, I'm five. I just moved to this state. I didn't think I was six yet. Yeah, my parents still lost. You know, because I'm sleeping on the couch in the living room, and this god thing just came and flew on my chest. That's a bit scary. That's a bit traumatic. Um, you know, that that's kind of the excuse I've giving for. Oh, I don't like sleep. I don't like. You know, I'm like the dark. I need to leave the light on, but really, hey, that's traumatic, (laughs) and, you know, it's something that I've had to overcome in my lifetime, you know, not only in that home, hey, you know, we clean up, whatever, and, hey, this isn't going to happen every night, but this also isn't going to happen every night, you know, in our, you know, outside of that home, it's also going to happen, you know, You know, I can say, okay, palmetto bugs, because one, is Florida, but two, also, you know, we didn't grow up with a lot. Three, it probably wasn't, you know, the best conditions, because we didn't grow up with a lot, and it's Florida. So palmetto bugs, coming in, in the 80s, in your house, flying into you, on the chest when you wake up. And I've had to overcome this in, like, my 2019, you know... Living in St. Petersburg and, you know, better conditions, traveling wherever, my house, stranger's house, you know, different states, different countries even, you know, I've had to overcome this sort of fear of the dark. And, you know, the, the thing about it is I can remember for years leaving lights on everywhere, you know. I mean, you walk out into, you know, the house now, yeah, there's a little nightlight out in the kitchen area, you know, reflecting sunlight or whatever nightlight, so that, you know, if I need to go to a bathroom or to the kitchen or at night, you know, if I need to see the intruder, I have some light out there, but as far as the bedroom, no, lights are now off, lights are banned, you know, you let some. Something- People say, you know, technology's banned. I still need my binaural beat, but I don't want the bleeping light from the – the beeping light from the speaker going off, so that needs to be covered. You know, the device needs to be turned over. No light. No light. I've had to embrace the dark just to get a night of sleep. And it's so ironic that I say that, like, wow, you know, but – yeah, I've had to embrace the idea, you know, I'm looking at my bedroom right now saying this, and, you know, you tell me 10 years ago I wouldn't have had blackout curtains up. I might have had, like, some mini blinds or something, but, yeah, I need some light from outside, you know, kind of reflective because it might be dark in the room, and I don't want anything to happen when I'm sleeping, you know. Or even if I had the blacklight curtains, you know, I might still have, like, a light on somewhere because I don't want anything to happen when I'm sleeping, you know. No. <laughs> You know. I you know, I've had to kind of embrace that. And, you know, maybe the next thing might be to embrace the silence, you know. I recommend buying all beats, so it's better than any sort of radio. Um, but you know, we all have our form of white noise, you know, that we like to have and it's good for um just being able to kind of get your mind back into the idea of sleeping waves. Ocean waves work wonders, you know, I've used that for years. Um waves are great, but, you know, sound sound therapy is one of my, you know, I I love sound, so I'm going to suggest, you know, rain, whatever, if you get a good thunderstorm, you know, record it, replay it, (laughs) so you have some, you know, that sort of stuff is great, but, yeah, I've had to, like, embrace, you know, just because you've had to embrace the idea of, hey, you know what, you're sound, and you can still go back to sleep, (sighs) And you can still go back to sleep. You can still rest. You can still dream. Just embrace that sort of darkness, you know. It's, it's just become a thing. Like, hey, I've had to embrace this idea that when I wake up in the morning, I can pull back the curtains and say that I'm going to create more because those curtains kept me in that darkness for a bit. I've had to embrace that so that I could sleep. You know, it kept me in a cocoon state so that I could sleep. You know, they've given me someplace safe so I can sleep. And, you know, it's, it's something that I'm very grateful for. A lot of people don't have a place to sleep, obviously. Um, but, you know, I, I'm also, you know, grateful just for the concept because, you know, because I haven't always had the blackout curtains and I haven't always had, you know, access to the Byron Olbeads, But, you know, I I have kind of, you know, had this sort of realization you know, that, hey, at some point, you have to, like, embrace the idea that there's going to be darkness around so that you can sleep so that you can wake up the next day, you know, so you can, you know, you can embrace that so you can heal, um, you know, it's crazy to say, but what we do a lot of times is we concentrate on what has happened wrong instead of, you know, healing. And, you know, I've done that, and I've done that on repeat throughout my life, you know, more than a dozen times. And, you know, the six cards, seven cards that I wrote out there, it was weird to see sort of the pattern, you know, progress over those cards you know, it was weird to see, like, hey, well, you know, my mother had, you know, her financial issues and everything, and those turned into my financial issues, you know, um, it was weird, to see, you know, my mother had her fears, and those turned into my fears, you know, <sighs> you know, it, it's it's kind of weird how we are, you know, at times sort of, blessed and cursed in the sense to repeat the, you know, patterns until we learn them, break them, and, you know, move forward, but, you know, these are things that have happened. I can look at, you know, incidents from my childhood and be like, hey, you know, this is what happened with her, so I feel like I have, you know, this is my role model, this is my example, I feel like I, you know, must follow this, you know, and again, my mother's a great woman. But, you know, at some point, I have to myself break from repeating those cycles, you know, for, you know, my dad's a great person also. Um, My father was a wonderful man. You know, people still speak to me about him these days as if I'm like his second reincarnation. It's weird. Like, I went to Thanksgiving this year. And I met a family member and he had to do a double take like, oh, my God, he saw a ghost. And it's like, no. The kid's like, oh, wait, I was at the funeral, you know. It kind of has me thinking, like, was I even at the funeral? I was one. Um, you know, and there's so much, you know, like, I wouldn't I just go ask. And it's like, uh, at the same time, a lot of that is, well, what cycles, you know, of his life, would I be out to repeat? You know, do I need to break as far as cycles and not repeat? Um, you know I mean he he was he was great, but also yeah, he had his he had his deals like everyone else. Everyone has things that you know we repeat. You know, and grandparents great grandparents, you know, generations back. Um, you know, we have a lot of Trauma in our world, especially as you know, black men in America, we have been whoosh, generation gener, whatever the fuck the word is, generationally whoosh, traumatized. Whoosh, you know what I'm saying by that? Whoosh, generationally traumatized. Whoosh, we have black as black men have been, you know, and. You know, it's weird because you know you're told by everyone that you are nothing you know you're told by society that you're nothing you're told by you know the teachers by the the ministry, you know administration, by the police by the whoever you're told by even your family you know in every sense of way you know you're told either you know and then it comes in, you know, a couple different ways. Either you have the family member who, you know, turns to you and says that you're nothing, you know, and keeps you down, you know, nah, you know, you know for whatever what control reason. Or you have the family member who, out of fear, you know, is like, hey, remember, you're nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like that sort of reverse pep talk. So, I mean, I'm making like a crotch dance right now as I say, like, so remember, you're nothing. Finger guns, you're nothing. Um, but we have this that happens in our lives. We have this as far as, you know, people that we interact with, family, friends, whoever, Um, you know, through our childhood. And for a lot of us, it becomes a sense where we know our worth until someone keeps repeating to us but it's much less. And then we start to take on whatever they think. Then we start to take on whatever they feel. You know. Then we start to take on, you know, maybe their unhealed trauma, maybe their un- unhealed wounds. So, you know, I, I can point back to, you know, my childhood and, you know, yeah, I can point back to you know, everything, you know, I, I can point back to a lot of, you know, these zero to 18 years, because I'll call that childhood, you know, childhood slash teen years, you know, childhood. Even if it's like the zero to 12, zero to 15, you know, pre high school, into high school, you know, um, middle and high school, yeah, i point back to those years, you know, but especially the birth, the move, uh, the. Moves, the you know, I'd almost say like up to twelve, up to ten, up to yeah, let's say up to ten, you know, up to fifteen. <sighs> up to fifteen—that's your childhood. There you go. I can point back to those years, and I can point to a lot of different things. And like, yeah, you know, that hurt me here, that hurt me there. You know, this hurt me emotionally. This person spoke to me in this way, and you know, said I wasn't enough for them. You know, said I. Couldn't sit at their table basically, and that hurt me. Or this person, you know, left my life, you know, through death, through loss, whatever. This person came in and, you know, it was a struggle. You know, we struggled, whatever. um You know, I, hey, that's it. I fell out of a tree and physically broke my tailbone at age six. <laughs> so, you know what? That's trauma. You know, so every time I've been down, I'm like, ooh. Is that that broken tailbone from eight six, or is that something else? Maybe that's you know happened since then, or is that you know just a part where you know it's just trauma that I need to heal. You know, yeah, the broken tailbone at eight six is trauma. You know, that's something that I'm out to heal right now. But you know, is it, is it just like the physical of that, or is it something mental? You know. Um, I mean, like, I mean, I remember, um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that I can kind of look at and be like, hey, you know, this has happened, but, you know, the bigger question that I have to ask myself a lot of times is, how do I heal from it, you know, I mean, I can either sit here and be like, hey, you know, I had this, whatever, um, you know, I've been in my share of them at this rough and tough, and, you know, I can use it as a way to keep down, or I can use it as a way to heal. And that that's really what I'm wanting to do right now, is heal. Um, you know, uh, i I think it's important, first off, to, you know, identify it, you know, and... And the second thing that you really have to do with healing, I think, is, you know, remove it from, you know, being a bother. Remove it from being a worry. Remove it from, you know, being inflamed. Change that, you know. Um, and it's weird to say, like, you know, everyone has their aspects and their ideas of, you know, how to change, you know, when you're in pain, all that. Um A lot of people have the idea that we're supposed to basically mask it. You know, we're supposed to cover it up. Um, Never speak of it again. You know, never really allow that sort of pain to come through and, you know, just cover it up. You know. And so, yes, you do need to close the wound You know, you do need to seal up. Um, There is, you know, a purpose for that in medicine. Once you are done, you know, I go back to the, you know, people shot. If you came to me and you had a bullet in your arm, I wouldn't just put a Band-Aid on you. I mean, what, the bullet might, you know, what, it's going to sit there forever, you know? Maybe their bone's broken, you know? Or maybe you can actually remove that bullet, you know, and it doesn't, like, seep out, toxic, whatever, into your bloodstream when you die. You know, maybe you just don't want the bullet there because it's uncomfortable, it's painful. So I wouldn't just leave it there and just stick a Band-Aid on, you know. With that said, like, you have to, you know, figure out the best way to treat that, you know, whatever that is. And I'm going to say with bullets, you have to remove them. You know, I'm not a medical professional, but I'm pretty sure if I ask a medical professional, they might go towards removing the bullet. It's just just my guess. Um, and, you know, when, when you do that, you know, you, you have to, you know, figure out, you know, where it's at, what tools you need. You know, you have to even... You know, if you're doing this right, depending on the bullet, depending on, you know, where you go to remove removed, you formulate a team. You know, maybe that bullet went in somewhere like a couple centimeters from the heart or from the brain and you got to perform some super surgery. You know, so you might need a team of doctors in there. Doctors, nurses, all that. Not just one dude, one chick, you know, hate to use words, but yeah, not just one person, but one being. I'm going to try to use better word too. That's going to probably another podcast, but um, you need a team there. You know and it's like that with every sort of healing that we do um if we're going to heal ourselves you know we need to have a team with us you know to heal you know and that team for you you know can be a lot of different things um you know it can the team is basically you know the tools in the team are you know what you gather for healing You know, they are the books that you read. They are the music you listen to. They are the podcasts you listen to. Shameless plug. (laughs) They are the movies that shows everything that you consume. Okay? Those are your tools, you know. They are the, you know, prayers of whatever sort that you, you know, give. And, you know, when when I say prayers, I don't just limit that to our Father in Heaven, Christian terms. But, you know, prayers can be, you know, your acts of goodwill, your smiles, your, you know, acts of kindness, gifts towards people, you know, just, you know, getting up in the morning, you know, putting on music, you know, music is a prayer, you know. <laughs> I'll go ahead with that one, yeah. Yeah, so singing, even if you're singing in your shower, you know, that's your prayer, you know, and, and even if it's not to... Insert favorite deity name here or insert least favorite deity name here, depending on how you want to put it. You know, if you were just out there smiling as a good human being, you know, and you walk up and you say hello to someone, that is that counts, okay? So, you know, these are the tools that you have in your healing, yes, you know, um, you know, and there's other tools that you can have, yes, you know, I mean. Writing, journaling, painting, you know. These have been kind of tools of mine just as I have kind of developed here. Just, you know, let me express what's going on inside of me because, you know, the thing is when you heal, you know, obviously there's a wound inside. You need to get the wound out. So, you know, just like if you were to have that bullet inside, you need to take the bullet out, there's an emotional scar, there's an emotional wound. You know, there's some sort of traumatic thing that's happened in your life. Um, You need to take that out. So, yeah, definitely pick up a brush. You know, I've done some paintings here. I don't plan to sell any of this stuff. You know, this is going on my walls. I actually bought, like, a really, like, a giant 44-inch canvas or whatever. You know, I don't plan on selling it. It's going on my wall. (laughs) This is just for me (laughs) because this is something I want to use for healing. You know? Um, you know, you know, and it's, that's, that's the thing, is we need to find ways that we can personally heal, you know, music, you know, hey, go out, find an instrument, learn to play it, you know, or even just go into a concert, you know, find find a group that you like, find a band, find a musician that you like, go to a concert, go to 10 of them, you know, take six months off from life and go follow them around, pretend you're the Grateful Dead fans, okay, I love those people, you know, those people who take six months off from their life, go follow whatever random band around the country, around the world, and then come back and change the world. Go do that if that is what you need to heal, you know. If that is your prayer, if that is your tool that you need, go, you know, find that one song and, you know, hear it, sing it, play it, whatever. That's a tool right there, you know. If you need to write something down, record a YouTube video, record a podcast, again, shameless plug, again, shameless plug, do it. That's your tool right there. So you have your tools, yes. You know, just if you were to do any sort of job, you need tools. But you also need a team, you know, and having a team is important. You know, your team can be, you know, whatever also. You know, there's no real, like, definition of what exactly has to be your team and who exactly has to be on your team you know you don't just look around and say oh well you know you can be on my team but you know only be you know because you are this that whatever no you formulate your team because you know these are going to be the people that are going to be there to help you along this journey of healing because we cannot do this alone you know i can't do this alone um, it would be great if I could just, you know, bounce back from all of my traumas and be like, Hey, I'm better now. Mm-hmm. But no, you, you, you cannot do this alone. Um, you know, I, I can't do this alone. You know, my, my team first off includes all of you, everyone, you know, who takes the time to listen to this, you know, leave comments. Um, you know. Just the thought that, you know, another human being may actually get something out of this information, you know, formulates a team there. You know, that that's like team member number one, numero uno, you know. That's my first draft pick is everybody. It's kind of weird to say. But, yeah, you know, I'm going to, you know, why not everyone? So, yeah, first draft pick number one is right there. But, you know, my team, you know, my team is also, um, you know, the the friends that I have, you know, new friends, old friends, actual friends, like not just, you know, nothing wrong with the idea of the Facebook friend. Don't get me wrong. I have a lot of people on this team who I have never physically met, never shaken hands with, never looked in the eye, whatever. And I know, hey, you know, they're on my team here. But there's a lot more that's kind of crazy when i say this but there's a lot more that i have had that sort of personal connection with um you know friends from the elementary school days you know my first neighbors all the way up through college um all the way up through you know working jobs you know different people that i've worked with coworkers, bosses even um you know my move to saint petersburg from jacksonville you know, years back and, you know, people that I've met here, um, you know, even sort of newer teammates, um, you know, people that I've been involved with, you know, for business, personals, whatever. Um, You know, I I have a really great girl right now. You know, she's like the kind of team coordinator. I don't know how you want to describe it, you know, but, you know, head cheerleader. uh, Yeah. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's part of the team right there. Madeline's part of the team, you know. <laughs> and you guys know, got a name drop, so nobody else gets name drop, so you're part of the team, all right? Um, Yeah, you know, these are the people that you formulate in your team there. But, you know, and the team is also, you know, just people that you see your doctors, you know. Um, you know, I like to say right now, you know, I have a really, you know, I have some good doctors some good members of the team a really good dentist you know i've just hooked back up my chiropractor so he's a really great guy you know these are people that when i think hey you know these are people on my team these are people who care about me these people who care about my health my well-being you know um you know the internal doctor uh, you might get a little you know, that seems like kind of a shipyard right there. I might have to go find myself like a personal guy, you know. But even that's like, hey, I need to find someone new for my team. And it's just something that I, um, you know, it's just something I'm kind of thinking of. Hey, you know, maybe I need to have this member here. You know, your your team is, you know, especially for those of us who are coming through, you know, depression and things of that nature, your team is who's there for you mentally, you know. it's It can be that shrink it could be that priest it could be that you know whoever a shaman great you know but that's the thing you have to find those members of your team in order to truly heal from you know whatever's going on you have to find your tools and you have to find your team uh and for me it's really been a you know state of i need to you know figure out you know the tools and the team you know that i have um you know i mean if i go to work hey i have you know certain people that i work with and i have certain programs that i use and in the end we create something team have tools and that's how we heal you know and i, I think it's as basic as that so Yeah, this is Derek with Shamanic Innovations, and thank you.